0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the BMW Blog Podcast, Episode 2. We've been really excited, actually, about the turnout for Episode 1, because this is pretty new to us still, and this is very new to me. So, um, you know, we're really excited. It seems that a lot of you did listen, and we've been getting some positive feedback, which is really encouraging, considering it was my first attempt at podcasting ever, and it's really our first attempt at really getting a podcast down. You know, it's not like um, we're kind of just, we're not just doing this you know, just on a whim. We're really trying to make this a a good podcast, a reliable podcast, one you can tune into every week at the same time, or you know that an episode is going to come out every week at the same time. You know, we really want to get that down. And, you know, so the the positive feedback has been really encouraging, and it really helps us keep moving. So this is episode two, and I'm really excited about it. We have a lot of interesting things to talk about today. Um... First of which, though, I really want to get started early and just talk. jump right in with the new 2 Series Grand Coupe, Grand Coupe again with the Grand Coupes. Um, the new 2 Series is an interesting car because it is, prior to its release, it was heavily slammed. I mean, every time we saw a spy photo or any news about it, fans and enthusiasts were just tearing it apart before they've even seen it, strictly because it's front-wheel drive. Uh, You know, it's based on BMW's new front-wheel-drive architecture. It shares the same chassis as the new 1-series hatchback, which is also front-wheel-drive. That only is in Europe, uh, whereas North America only gets the new 2-series. But even prior to its release, I mean, especially North American fans were just slamming it. And that was probably unfair because they hadn't seen anything, uh, you know, about it yet. They really hadn't seen anything official about it. However, now that it's released, it's getting... A lot more criticism than it was before. And that has nothing to do with its architecture. has nothing to do with its drivetrain. Instead, it has all to do with its design. Because it is... Um, not great looking. Let's say that. It's not a great looking car. It's not horrible. I mean, it's not like the worst looking car we've ever seen. And it's certainly not the worst looking BMW we've ever seen. But it's up there. I mean, it has maybe some good angles. Like, if you look at it just dead on from the side and just look at its silhouette, its profile. It's not terrible looking, it actually kind of looks sleek and sporty, and its roofline is kind of cool. But aside from that, it's really not good looking. Um, Especially the back, I don't know what BMW was thinking at the back. It's so tall, like the top of the trunk lid is just so tall. And it kind of has like an SUV-like stance at the back, it's weird. And because its taillights are similar to the X6s, that's what it looks like. It looks like a small X6 from the back, and it's just not a good-looking design. And the taillights, not only do they look like the X6s, but they're almost as big. Like, they're so wide that they... It seems like they take up the entire width of the trunk of the whole back end of the car. I mean, it's almost like a touch in the middle. It's crazy how wide they are, and it's just not a good-looking design. I really don't know what BMW was thinking. Um, at the front, it's not horrible, because like it has kind of like cool headlights... Um, They have a little notch at the bottom, similar to the 3 Series, and it kind of harks back to the, you know, E46 3 Series, and that's kind of cool, but aside from that, it's really just not a good-looking car. Sorry, BMW, but it's just not good-looking, and it's kind of disappointing because it had a chance to be really cool. Yes, it's front-wheel drive, and yes, it's going to be relatively, uh, I don't want to say inexpensive because it's going to be expensive for its, you know, segment, but um, you know, it has, it's cheaper than the 3 Series, you know, it has a chance to be an entry-level car of a BMW, and they had a chance to really make something special, and I think that they whiffed on that, because it could have looked so cool, and it doesn't. <laughs> it just doesn't look cool. Um, even in its sportiest trim, the M235i, it's just not a good-looking package. I, I just don't know what else to say about it. And it's disappointing because, like, again, I, I think BMW had a great opportunity here to make a cool little car that could get young enthusiasts into the brand. Yes, it's front-wheel drive, but, you know, young enthusiasts who haven't really experienced a lot of rear-wheel drive BMWs really wouldn't care so much as long as it was sporty and capable and quick and good-looking. And then from there, they could move up to, you know, the real BMWs and, like, cars like the 3 Series and four series and they could have moved up into those cars and had some more fun you know as they got older and you know started making more money and all that so i think bmw had a really interesting opportunity to make a really special car um and at least from a design point they whiffed maybe it drives awesome maybe it's fun to drive when we when we test it out um, i doubt it to be honest with you because of what we've heard from the new one series that it's you know the new one series is supposed to be you know pretty fun it's not it's not bad but it's not as fun as the rear-wheel drive one that it replaced so I don't have huge hugely high hopes for this new two series but um you know from a design point of view it's a bit of a letdown and what's what's most disappointing about that is recently we've seen that BMW can can make some really good looking cars I mean cars like the 8 series Grand Coupe and the new 4 series that we've seen spy photos of they look great and, you know the 8 series especially you know, in both iterations you know both either two or four doors it looks really really good and i actually think it looks best in its grand coupe com- um you know configuration it's just a gorgeous gorgeous car and the spot new spy photos of the 4 series we've seen you know yes that's a coupe and, you know yes it's rear wheel drive but it's just it's designed so well and it looks so good even with camouflage it's just such a handsome looking car and i think we're really excited to see what that looks like and what's interesting is i think it's going to catch a big break here because when bmw released the bmw concept 4 which is like the precursor to the 4 series, um, it was heavily slammed by you know enthusiasts and the media because of its gigantic grill. Those two kidney grills are just enormous. They're just huge. And they're like they make the X7s look normal. They're ridiculous looking. Um, but I think after seeing the, the new 2 series and how just bizarre that thing looks... I think fans are going to see the new 4 Series with its funky grills, and they're just going to welcome it with open arms because it's at least a rear-wheel drive, pretty-looking BMW overall. Yes, it has a weird grill, but the rest of it looks so good that I think people are going to just completely forget about its grills, and not not forget, but have the ability to overlook them because it's a good-looking Beamer again, or Bimmer again, I'm sorry, and not, um, you know, the frumpy-looking 2 Series. So, that is... Uh, I think that's a big break for the 4 Series, that the new 2 Series came out. Um, yeah, I think that's going to help it a lot. But that's not all the big news, obviously. there's uh, BMW has been in the news quite a bit lately. They're, they have a bit of, you know, an exciting year going on. Um, the new BMW M8, we had the chance to drive it. Oh, I, I didn't have the chance. Raju had the chance to drive it in Portugal. And his review is live on our site, bmwblog.com, if you didn't already know. Um, and you can check that out. It's interesting because I think the expectations for that car are were a little bit different than what the car actually is supposed to be. So I don't know if there's going to be a little bit of a letdown, but it seemed like in the comment section, you know, what you guys had to say about what he found, you know, it seemed that there was a bit of disappointment going on because it seemed like a lot of fans were hoping that it was going to be a flat-out supercar, and it's not. I mean, it's very fast. It has supercar speed, and... Probably supercar capability you know when it goes around a track it'll probably lap tracks within a few seconds of what some supercars can do but that's really not what it is because it's still too heavy I know it is still kind of luxurious it's very luxurious actually on the inside it's kind of comfortable you know it's not you know your your typical supercar yes it's very very fast it will hit 60 miles an hour in under three seconds it's crazy brutally fast and it is very capable. You know, you noticed that it's very capable. And, you know, even he says he could, you know, he thinks he reached maybe 30% of its limits. And, you know, that's probably true. Not that he's a bad driver, but that especially with all modern cars, but the 8 Series is just so capable that you really have to be a pro to get anywhere near its limits because you will run out of courage way before it runs out of capability. And, you know, I think that... Inherent capability makes it a little bit easy to drive around town And I think that that takes away from the supercar feel of cars You know, I think when a car is very easy. It doesn't have that you know, that thrilling engagement That a supercar does like supercars feel exotic and wild even at low speed like you drive a Ferrari even at 20 miles an hour And it's just kind of crazy and it feels kind of nuts um, And that adds to the experience of a supercar and the M8's not going to be like that the M8's going to be easy and comfortable around town um and then when you open it up then it gets pretty wild but you know i think the expectations are that it was like a supercar and it's kind of not it's a really really brutally fast really capable gt car think more i think it's going to be more aston martin dbs than you know mclaren or something like that and you know take engine configuration out of out of there because even you know the new amg gt i think it's called the amg gtr um you know that's a monster that is a front engine car just like the 8 series or the m8 rather and it is just a track animal like that that's a crazy car so i think that you know you can have a supercar that's front engine and the m8 just isn't it though and that's not a slam that's not a knock against it i don't think that's what bmw m was intending i think they were intending it i think what it is is exactly what they wanted it to be and i think they nailed their objective um but, yeah, I think the fans are a little disappointed that it's not a supercar. But I think they'll be encouraged once they drive it. Because, at least from what I've been told, it's a very, very fun car to drive. It's very fast. It's very exciting. Um, it's just not that exotic, you know, supercar feel. What I'm really curious to drive, and maybe this is just a car nerd in me, is... Well, I want to drive the M8, but I, what I'm really curious to test about it is it is its brakes. So, it has that new brake-by-wire system where... You know there's no it's a vacuum free brake booster and there's you know the, the pedal is basically just a big electronic button and what's interesting about that is BMW it now has configurable brakes so like when you go into the, the drive modes and you can select you know sport and comfort and all that for steering and suspension you can also change it for the brakes now that's really interesting because it's not actually the I have to drive it because I don't know if it's the actual brake capability or if it's just the pedal feel or maybe it's both, but I haven't driven it yet, so I really don't know what what it's like when you change it from comfort to sport um, but it is really interesting, and I really want to test out I mean Harcho's tested it out, and he's you know I've, I've listened to what he had to say, but you know it, it's something I've never experienced before, so I'd really like to try that out and I'm really curious to see if that makes it feel any more disconnected, you know that makes me a little bit nervous. You know, when you have brake by wire, it kind of makes me nervous. Like, what happens if something electronic stops working? All of a sudden, do I not have any brakes? That's kind of scary. Um, but, you know, these systems have worked in the past, and, you know, that that's not, I guess that's not too much of an issue, really, but maybe it's just my irrational fear. But I'm kind of curious to see if it makes the car feel any more disconnected, or if it makes the brakes, you know, a uh, less dependable feeling. So I am really genuinely excited to test that out. But also, I just want to drive the thing. You know, I'm a big fan of the new 8 Series. Um, I love the MA50i. I think that's a great car. It's a really, really fun GT car. I've driven it in you know, both configurations, coupe and convertible. And it's a really, really good car. It just really is. It's so, it's really fast. It's smooth. It's comfortable. It's quiet. Um, you know, when you want it to be. And then when you want it to be an animal, it's pretty fast So and, and loud. I like the convertible version better, to be honest, because it's just that much more exciting. You know, you drop the top and you can hear the blaring V8 behind your head, or the exhaust behind your head, rather. And, um, you know, I really, really like that car a lot, so I I can't wait to see what the M8 is like, see if it's that next level. Now, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about a different car. Um, There's a new car on the market, and I think it should worry the folks at BMW M, and I know that they say it won't, but I think it really should and it's a car you've probably heard of and that's the new C8 Corvette. Yeah that's right a Corvette. I think that the new vet is a real threat to all European sports car makers and they won't admit that. I've actually spoken to a couple of people at BMW before about the new Corvette and they all say the same thing that Corvette buyers are Corvette buyers and BMW buyers aren't even going to look at a Corvette no matter how fast or capable it is or how good of a performance value it is, it's not even going to be a thought in their mind. And that's that might be true for, I think, a lot of BMW fans. I think there's a little bit of brand snobbery amongst BMW fans. I mean, we've written about the new vet before, and each and every time we get several commenters who just dismiss the, the, the new vet as just an American, a brash American cowboy that can't really hang with the uh, premium Europeans. And maybe that's true, but... I think that any unbiased car enthusiast, anyone who really likes cars, is going to be really excited about the new Vette, as they should be. And I think that any unbiased car buyer would think twice about buying um, something over the new Vette, would think um, you know, about buying the Vette instead of buying something like a BMW M4 or c C63 AMG Coupe or anything like that, simply because of the value. I mean it's almost impossible to argue with the new Corvette's you know value proposition. It is a mid-engine, a true mid-engine, VA-powered supercar that has 500 horsepower and can hit 60 miles per hour in 2.88 seconds and it's $60,000. It's 60 grand and you can get a mid-engine supercar that will beat a Ferrari to 60 miles per hour I mean, that's really, really impressive, and what's interesting is the Corvette's always been really fast, especially in a straight line. That's really always been its thing, but it always kind of seemed and looked and felt like that brash American cowboy. Like, yeah, it's fast, but it's really not great at anything else, but now this new vet, it handles really, really well. It looks really good. It has an interior that, well, maybe isn't as good as some of its six-figure competitors like the Porsche 911, I think it's probably right up there with a lot of cars like the M4 um, and, and stuff like that. So I think that there are far few buts when it comes to the new Corvette. You know, it was always, yeah, it's fast, but yeah, it's cheap, but, you know, things like that. And I don't think this new one has a lot of buts to it. There aren't a lot of excuses to be made about it. You know, it's it's a really good car, at least it seems that way. We haven't driven it yet, obviously, because not many people have, but I think it's going to really shock a lot of European car fans and a lot of European car brands. Like I said, I've spoken to BMW people about this, and none of them seem to be afraid of the new Corvette. None of them seem to think that the new Corvette is a threat, but I think that it really is. So let's break it down value-wise between the new vet and the upcoming BMW M4. So the M4 is going to start at around the high $60,000 range. And for the competition model, it's going to be, um, about 70, maybe a little bit more than 70 grand. And that car, let's, so let's look at the competition because that's the more powerful one. That car will have a twin turbocharged three liter straight six, 503 horsepower. It's 510 PS, but to, you know, American horsepower, it's 503. And it will do 60 miles per hour in probably the low three-second range. Um, you know, there's no quoted time on that, but, you know, judging by what the X3M can do and uh, some other BMWs, it's going to be in the low three-second range. It's also going to be all-wheel drive, and the competition model will only have uh, an eight-speed automatic. So, the new vet, which starts at around 60 grand, comes with a 6.2-liter naturally aspirated V8. It's mid-engine, obviously, and it has 495 horsepower. Now, if you spend a couple thousand dollars more, you get the Z51 performance package, and I think you get a a few extra ponies just to bump bump it over 500 horsepower. But you also get, you know, the magnetic dampers, and it has a very clever, uh, you know, traction management system and uh, rear differential, and it has uh, an 8-speed dual-clutch gearbox. And that all helps it reach 60 miles per hour, again, in under three seconds, about 2.8, 2.9 seconds. Now, if you're just any car enthusiast who doesn't have, you know, any brand affiliation or any brand loyalty, and you're looking at those two on paper, the answer is pretty simple. The new Corvette's the better sports car. Now, you might say, well, the M4 has a back seat, and the M4 is going to have a nicer interior, and the M4 has, you know, better technology. And probably has a bigger trunk. And all those things are true, probably. But if you're just looking for a sports car and you're not worried about practicality, like no one buys an M4 for practicality, you know what I mean? So if you're just looking at a sports car and you don't have a brand affiliation, you're just looking at sports cars in that price range, how do you choose the M4 over the Corvette at that point? It just seems like bad value. You know, for the same money, the M4 isn't as fast. It isn't as wild looking, it's not as exotic looking, you know, with a mid-engine design like the Corvette has. So, I think that the Corvette is a real threat to BMW M, whether they want to admit it or not. I think it's a real threat to a lot of European automakers who are making performance cars. And what's really interesting is that the new Vet, from all the reviews that are coming out, are saying it's a great sports car. It's not perfect, you know, it understeers a little bit at the limit and uh, i think it's kind of by design though because you know most corvette buyers have never even sat in a mid-engine car never mind drive one so they kind of want to keep it you know safe give you some safe understeer if you push it too hard so you don't end up in a tree but so it's not perfect it does understeer a little bit and you know the interior still isn't amazing but it's it's the best corvette interior by mile um but what's interesting is that this is just the beginning. This is. Chevy's first attempt at building a mid-engine Corvette, and it's only going to get better. You know, with different models that come out, higher performance models, it's only going to get better. Plus, there's talks of a hybrid all-wheel drive version of the Corvette. Now, that's really interesting because now you have a really, you know, exotic powertrain, a hybrid powertrain with all-wheel drive and a Corvette. That's that's really high-end stuff, and it'll probably be, you know, around 100 grand or maybe even less, which is a lot better than what you see from other You know, hybrid high performance supercars. I mean, even the BMW i8, which is, you know, kind of slow by modern performance car standards, is 150 grand ish. You know, it's going to be really hard for a lot of European automakers to compete with the new VET in terms of, you know, performance and value. And that hybrid powertrain isn't even the end of this new revival for the Corvette because there are some really strong rumors that there's going to be another high performance model sitting atop the current Corvette Stingray. I don't know if it's going to be the, called the Z06 or, you know, ZR01 or whatever it's going to be called, but there's said to be another model coming with a flat plane crank V8. And that's really interesting because traditionally Corvettes have always used push rod style V8s, you know, the old school classic American muscle car push rod v 8 and they're great, you know, for making gobs of power and low end torque, but they don't rev very high. And in a mid-engine supercar, you kind of want that thrilling, exotic, high revving motor. And the Corvette just doesn't have it. That's really maybe one of the only knocks against this new Corvette is its engine. Maybe doesn't, it's, at least the character of the engine doesn't really fit the character of the car. So adding a mid-engine or a flat plane crank V8 to a mid-engine car is a really good idea. And it's also really exciting because it shows Chevy's growth, you know, it shows their willingness to kind of adopt a new style of engine, a new way of thinking. And I think that's really exciting. And I can't wait to see it, really. I really hope that Chevy shows this off soon. And we'll get to see, you know, a proper American exotic on the market. That would be really, really exciting and really interesting. And it would totally shake up the entire market, I think. I think European car companies would really start to be afraid of the Corvette if that happens. And honestly, that's just good for the whole market. It's good for customers. The more great cars we have on the market, the better. So I'm really excited about that. And I really hope we see something like that soon. Okay, so we're running out of time a little bit. So I want to kind of stop talking about the Corvette and move on to our next segment, which is where I answer some of your questions. Now, in the previous episode, I asked you listeners to shoot me some emails. Um, Unfortunately, no one emailed me at all, so I don't have any of those questions to answer. However, I did um, ask you guys to ask me questions about the new BMW Z4. I've been testing the new Z4 for a couple of weeks now. Um, It's actually kind of a funny story. So I had a Z4 M40i on test. But it turns out that it had a bit of a tire issue. Both of its rear tires were pretty shot. One was actually shedding some tread rubber really badly. um, Because of whoever, whatever journalist had it before me, decided to do some big smoky skids or something because the rear tires were pretty beat up. And BMW felt that wasn't safe, so they took the car back. um, Had some new tires swapped on it, but because they didn't have the tires on hand at the time, they had to order them and... um, To kind of accommodate me, they gave me the Z4 S Drive 30i, the four-cylinder model, to drive. In the meantime, while the M40i got its tires fixed, and then after they, you know, put new tires on it, they swapped cars again, and I got my M40i back for the week. So I've been in that car, the new Z4, for like almost like about two and a half weeks now, and I have the M40i for another, you know, five days or so. So I really kind of gotten to understand the Z4, and I've really driven it for a while now, and I've kind of really learned what it's like to to drive both the, the four-cylinder and M40i versions, which are the only two they sell in North America, so I've really gotten, you know, a comprehensive look at this new Z4. So I asked you guys to ask me questions about it, and um, surprisingly, I got a lot of good questions, so I'm going to answer them for you now. Taylor E. asks if the S-Drive 30i or M40i is the better year-round daily driver in the snow belt. Um, honestly, the answer is going to be the S drive 30 I because it just is less, you know, tail happy. But as long as you have good tires, you know, good winter tires, I would say go for the M 40 I because, you know, you're only going to need, you know, winter tires for the few months that it's snowy. And then after that, you're going to love the extra power and performance of the M 40 I and just the overall sportier feel of the car that it's, it's worth having that for you know the seasons that you can use it and then kind of just keeping some snow tires on it and driving it carefully in the winter rather than just getting the less powerful model just for the winter you know and plus you know the z4 is a toy you know don't even drive it in the snow regardless of which model you have you know get something else to drive in the snow The z4 isn't a car that you want to drive every day uh you know in bad weather but you know if you're asking me which is the better car to pick you know just if you live in the snow belt i'm still saying the m40i Greg V8 says, my biggest question is around comfort. Uh, could you provide impressions around ride comfort between the Z4 and, let's say, an F22 M2 or the new G23 series or the G35 series? Um, then he has to compare it to the Porsche lineup. Um, honestly, I haven't driven any modern Porsches. The last Porsche I drove was a Cayman, but it was the pre-718. It was like that second-gen Cayman, um, and that was on track also, so I can't really comment on its ride quality You know, uh, on the road, but the Z4's ride comfort compared to the F22 M2 uh, and the 3 Series and the 5 Series is that it's much more comfortable than the M2 in both specs. You know, the four cylinders really soft. The M40i is a little bit stiffer, but it's still really comfortable and supple. I think the Z4 or the Z4 rather is a much more comfortable car than the M2. I'd say it's on par with the 3 Series overall but one oddity i've noticed is that in the M40i with adaptive dampers and the um 3 series the M340i with adaptive dampers i think the Z4 M40i actually rides a little bit better because there's like less vertical motion. One thing i noticed when driving the M340i was that over rough bumps it kind of had a few more second like you know secondary vertical motions than i would have liked, you know, after you hit a bump it kind of pitches up and down a little bit more than i would have wanted and the Z4 doesn't do that as much. It's a little more stable and a little more planted. Um, And I think because of that, it makes the ride a little bit better. Obviously, it's not as good as the 5 Series. Um, The 5 Series is very soft and very comfortable. Um, But I'd say that the Z4 is a really, really comfortable sports car. It's really easy to drive every day in either spec. The the four-cylinder S-Drive 30i model is more comfortable, though. (laughs) Warcloud asks, do they have a sound generator inside? Honestly, I don't. I'm gonna assume so because every BMW does now, but I don't really think it matters because I've only really driven it with the top down. Um, when it, it's actually been raining a lot since I've had it, but in the rain I either don't drive it or I keep the top up and I just drive really calmly, so I don't. It doesn't really matter. Um, I will say that with the top down, the M40i sounds incredible. It sounds really good, sound generator or or not. You know, there's with the top down, there's really no. Insulation. I'm hearing everything that's happening behind me from the exhaust, and it sounds fantastic. It's a really, really cool sounding engine. It's really aggressive, and it's surprisingly loud. And there's tons of pops and burbles, and you know, turbo whooshes. And there's just tons of stuff going on. It just sounds fantastic. It has this great inline six growl. Um, the the four cylinder SDrive 30i sounds good too, but it's a little more synthetic sounding. Um, it's kind of just like a little. It just kind of sounds like loud engine noise rather than a really like. A, a, quality sounding noise um but as far as is there a sound generator i don't think it really matters if there is there probably is but it doesn't matter because with the top up you're only going to be driving it slowly so you don't crash in the rain (laughs) that's that's really my honest opinion so jacob janus asks um sorry if i say that wrong but he asks how does the 30i compare to the m40i in terms of pleasure and dynamic feel um the M40i is significantly sportier than the S-Drive 30i, and I th- I didn't really expect that, to be honest. I really thought the M40i was just going to be faster in a straight line, but the M40i really does feel sportier. It feels more planted. Um, it feels more stable. Its steering feels a little sharper. Um, the weight, maybe it's just me being crazy, but the steering weight seemed a little heavier In the M40i, and it just it just feels tighter and more planted, and it definitely feels sharper than the 30i. Um, There's a there is a definite there is a a very clear difference between the two cars. It's not like huge; it's not a massive difference, but it's certainly noticeable when you go from one to the other right away. And if I'm picking one of the two to drive, there is no question it's the M40i. I've heard some like you Know some talk that the S Drive 30i with maybe some less sticky tires would actually be the more fun car because it would be like a you know more powerful Miata kind of thing where it'd have less grip so it'd be more tail happy and stuff like that. But that's nonsense. The M40i is a much more fun car to drive. So that's all we have for today. Um, I hope you guys ask me more questions for next week. Uh, you could just send me literally just ask me anything car related at nico at bmwblog.com. And I will answer as much as I can get to. Uh, You know, I can't make this segment 45 minutes long. So if there's a ton of questions, you know, I won't be able to get to all of them. But I will get to as many as I can. Uh, And, yeah, so that's it for episode two. You know, we're going to try to do this and have a new episode for you guys every single Monday. So just, you know, stay tuned. Every Monday there will be a new episode. You, You can listen to our podcast at any of the major, you know, podcast outlets via you know apple podcasts or google's or spotify or anything like that you know any of the major podcast outlets you can catch us on so yeah stay tuned and catch us next week